0: Welcome. This is Eric Sinrod from Dwayne Morris, along with Jonathan Armstrong of Quardry, bringing you Tech Law Ten Podcast number one thirty-eight and going strong. So, Jonathan, I understand you have some thoughts regarding, excuse me, regarding EU data protection uh, and
1: timing, which we're all interested in. So, why don't you share? Yeah, thanks, Eric. Uh, Jonathan Armstrong here from Quardry. We've um, uh, we've talked before on these podcasts about the uh, changes to the EU data protection laws. I hesitate to call them reforms, though many do. I think they are um, – I went to see a Jeeves and Worcester play last night. So, that, so to use a proper PG Woodhouse term, they're the curate's egg. They're, they're good in parts. Um, but there's been some barbed criticism by some politicians, including one of those who proposed the changes, that, the, that there's a complete lack of progress or lack of vision in implementing these laws. Now, the first thing to say, I think, is that I think it's all very well uh, politicians standing on the sidelines and throwing stones at the greenhouse or glass house. But I think in some respects, some of those politicians involved do need to shoulder part of the blame themselves. Whenever you're negotiating a contract, you know that if you send a completely one-sided draft to somebody, it takes longer than if you go for a halfway draft to start off with and one that's broadly acceptable to both parties. And that's the mistake, I think, that most, uh, that, that these very senior politicians Made here, that they proposed what was a very one-sided draft to start off with, and a draft that was likely never to have any friends. It had onerous conditions on things like security breach reporting within 24 hours, but it also had provisions that most of the member states within the EU couldn't accept. For example, Germany was concerned about a complete Uh, loss of sovereignty over data protection matters and riding roughshod over case law that their constitutional court had established over the years since the second world war and yet at the same time other countries criticized the proposals for being pro-german for adopting the german model of uh, a data protection officer etc etc in addition i think the proposed law was not well drafted you know some of the wording if you just look at the wording on security breach it doesn't say you have to report within 24 hours or you have to report as soon as possible but it says without undue delay and comma where feasible comma not later than 24 hours after having become aware of the breach so um So the drafting of the legislation was also somewhat unaccessible. And as a result, I think it's no surprise, really, that the the whole process has taken some time. I hesitate to say longer than planned. I I noted that I wrote my first blog on the proposals on the 25th of January 2012, uh, which was the very day that the proposals came out. The Commission had got a proposal then, uh, I think, to bring in the uh, law by 2013 and then a two-year period, which would put us about now for enforcement. And I said with what you might call, Eric, British understatement, the Commission's timetable is is perhaps a little optimistic, are the words I used, And I said there's likely to be considerable opposition to the proposals uh, and that that's likely to take some time from a political point of view. So without, you know, if I could predict the lottery, um, (laughs) I should have been doing that. But um, it's it's no surprise to me. What we have had this week, though, uh, on the good news front, is some signals from the um, Deputy Information Commissioner and Director of Data Protection at the UK regulator that there uh, is still work to be done, but he's also signalled to us that this process that people have been doing of examining draft after draft to look at changes, you remember more than a thousand changes proposed to this 2012 draft. He's basically saying that's not a, a useful exercise He still thinks it will be a regulation rather than a directive. I'm not so sure. You'll remember, Eric, that the difference is a regulation applies across all of Europe, the same law. A directive is a skeleton of law, like the current data protection law, but each state uh, fleshes that out. I'm not convinced it's definitely going to be a regulation rather than a directive, but, uh, but Mr. Smith, who's expert in these matters, is convinced. And as far as timetable is concerned, he's saying that he thinks that the end of this year is the soonest, he thinks, for all of these discussions to wrap up. He thinks that the first half of 2016 might be more realistic, and that would mean that the law is in force in 2018. So why are we worried about it at the moment? Well, first of all, because I'm seeing some weird contractual clauses being proposed at the moment. Everybody knows that when the law changes, it will be radical. And in areas like outsourcing, data sharing, we know that some people are signing five-year agreements now which are likely to be covered by the old regime and the new. And in addition, we've got uncertainty in a whole host of different areas. I was asked to speak at a cyber liability conference last week and lo and behold, it turns out that most of the the insurance industry is waiting for the new laws to come in. Why? Because then they'll have more certainty as to the volume of data breaches and that will enable them to price premiums for policies more effectively in Europe. So there's an awful lot of people relying on the situation being resolved. My gut feel is, unfortunately in the short term at least, they're going to be disappointed. I think we've got some better pointers now as to where the law will end up, but uh, I, I thought it was worth at least returning to this subject to give people the very latest state of play on what are likely to be revolutionary, not evolutionary, changes to data protection law across Europe. Well, Jonathan, that's a mouthful. Thank you for sharing. I must say,
0: It does sound murky, and we don't have a crystal ball in this situation, and I'm I'm hesitant to go to Las Vegas and place any wagers (laughs) on the timing or the actual provisions that will go into place. I mean, don't you agree, though, this impacts not only those in Europe, but, for example, it impacts us here in the United States, because to the extent we have data flow back and forth between the EU Mm -hmm. and the states, we have to be mindful of what's going
1: to be the law, Correct. I think you're absolutely right and we've already seen in cases like the Right to Be Forgotten case that the, that the judges in Europe are trying to extend jurisdiction to US corporations whilst there's this uncertainty uh, period. And in some respects, there's an, at least an argument for saying that the new laws which make it clear that any U.S. Uh, operation that targets consumers in, in, in Europe is in the regulations is perhaps a more certain approach for many corporations rather than the are they, aren't they within European oh, well. jurisdiction. Um, obviously, um, It's it's much more consequential under the new laws because any corporation, U.S. or otherwise, under the proposals can be fined 2% of global annual turnover for breach. So that is significant. And obviously we know that a large proportion of those corporations that have been fined uh, throughout Europe so far are U.S.-owned rather than necessarily domestic businesses. So it absolutely has a significant impact on the U.S.
0: Well, good. Well, thank you for sharing so much and for carrying the ball in this particular podcast. Folks, that was podcast 138. Don't you love it? So we'll be coming back at you soon with podcast 139. Somewhere along the line, hopefully Jonathan will revisit this issue once more with much more precision, not because he lacks precision, but the situation itself does. So uh, without any further ado, I'm Eric Sinrod at Dwayne Morris. You can find me at EJSynron at DwayneMorris.com. You can find us on all the usual social media outlets like LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Jonathan, you can certainly be concise and clear with the ending to this particular
1: podcast. There you go. Here you go. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, and yeah, do join in our LinkedIn group. If anybody wants to guess, the podcast will be up to... By the time the new law (laughs) comes in, uh, I will award them a new Cordray pen for whoever's closest, whenever that might be. There might not be new pens by then, Eric. The ink might have dried up. Um, But thanks anyway for listening. Do join in that uh, little competition online. And um, we're on LinkedIn. As Eric said, we're on Twitter. You can email me, jonathan.armstrong at cordraycompliance.com. All that remains is to thank you for listening, and we'll speak to you again soon. Take care. (laughs) assolutista.
0: La vista. <laughs> right